You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! The best built body in the world. That is who I have on the podcast today, a physical phenom and fantastic personality. And we're going to go into the hows and the whys of how she did this right now. You are listening to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling bonus round. And tonight, I have the three-time, as of this podcast, Fitness Olympia winner, Whitney Jones. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this interview. Um, tons of fun things to discuss. So I think this is going to be pretty exciting, and I'm excited to be a guest. Well, well, thank you very much. And, you know, I, I want you to be able to explain all of this stuff because, you know, I'll be honest, uh, me coming from an interview s- segment of, of pro wrestlers, there are many people that I'm aware of that get into fitness, but not to the level and the extent that you do it. So uh-huh. I am a I am a novice in this, and I would dare say some of them may be, you know, a little bit behind the, the curtain or a little bit novice in this. So, you know, feel free to explain like I am a six-year-old. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I want to understand the how, the why, you know, how did you get to this point? Because this takes a certain amount of dedication and focus that the average person just simply does not have, myself included. Right. Uh-huh. So. Well, um, oh, go ahead. No, well, I wanted to start off with this. You know, the, the first thing right off the bat, were you always an athletic person? Yeah. So I started, um, when I was a kid, I had two older brothers. So, of course, growing up, sports were basically all we did. Um, this, actually, the industry I'm in right now with fitness and doing the routines, the choreography, gymnastics, it wasn't uh, the sports I was in. I was, you know, growing up with two older brothers, I was into soccer, basketball, baseball, football, all the things that boys do because my, my brothers didn't want to do anything related to, you know, what little girls were doing at the time. But I just was trying to get involved in anything and everything that my parents would allow me to do. Um, but it helped kind of, I feel, make me a well-rounded athlete, um, just with the simple things like coordination, uh, getting rid of the fear. I, I have no fear, really. I mean, honestly, it's like as a child, even, even as an adult, um, I just love to try new things. I love crazy things. I love adrenaline rushes. I love when people challenge me and say, hey, can you do this? And it's like, well, there's only one way to find out, right? So... Um, but yes, I've always been in sports growing up. And then as a grown adult, I discovered the, the Federation, the IFBB, the International Federation of Bodybuilding. Um, MPC is the amateur organization that you have to start in. And I loved the challenge. Um, it was something I've never done. I have no gymnastics experience, no background. 
Um, I did cheerleading as, you know, growing up, but it wasn't structured and competitive like we have nowadays with, you know, high school cheer. So um, it was a total challenge to me to say, hey, let's, let's try this sport. Um, part of what I do is they do two thirds of your scoring is the routine round where you get to really kind of use your own creativity to create an explosive, exciting, fun routine. And then a third is the physique round. So I love that challenge. And I think my background growing up and just kind of having diverse um, affiliations with all sorts of different sports helped guide me into the sport and hobby that I'm in now. Wow. So, you know, there's two things I have to get off of that. One, you already <laughs> said that you started with other sports. So why why did you, or, or let me not assume, did you ever consider pursuing either of those other sports? You said soccer and whatnot. Did you ever consider like, hey, you know, I want to do this. I mean, we see where you wound up. You wound up here, but did it ever cross your mind to try basketball, to try soccer, to uh, volleyball, whatever? Did, you, did it ever cross your mind to go into that path opposed to this well, I actually, so I did it. I did the sports growing up through elementary school, junior high. When I got into high school, that's where I kind of, you can't do every sport, unfortunately. No. No, um, so, yeah, so I, I did cheerleading um, just because I thought that was fun. And, and you know, of course, in, in my town city I grew up in, that was like the big fun thing to do. But then the one sport that I, I really pursued in high school was track track and field, um, had opportunities to do it in college, and I was not the smartest at that point, and I thought, oh gosh, I don't know if I could, um, if I have enough time, you know, I had multiple jobs because I was paying my way through college, and so I passed on that opportunity to do track at the elite level, like, it was at ASU, mm -hmm. um, Arizona State University, so I now look back, and like, dang, why didn't I find a way to make it happen, <laughs> but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. it's like, dang it. But I did have the, the thought to pursue it more. I would have loved to have tried, you know, um, some of these other sports in, in high school, the soccer, the basketball, the volleyball, um, softball. But with the, the way they did it in my high school, you could only do one sport. I also did diving, so that was one that I could do early on. And again, it was like, well, I've never played this sport. Let me try diving. So I just like to try anything different. Um, but those were the, the main ones that I did as I got older. When I was younger, I literally could do all of them, and I would. <laughs> so, um, but you can't do everything as you get older, and that's kind of where the, the progression I made. Mm -hmm. And then obviously out of high school and college, I wanted to try endurance events from the triathlons and the marathons, tried that, but I didn't love it. You know, the thought was, I'm gonna try these endurance events and get in the best shape of my life. and talk about changing your physique for me I just got skinny fat because it's all that you know the activity and the running and um, cardio type events just took away my muscle so I just I lost the shape and tone that I thought I was going to get and kind of stepped away from that and then that's where I got into this industry because now I've been in it um, 11 years so then I loved it and had stayed where I was at well clearly you are a uh... You were probably born for this, but the other thing that I wanted, because I, I don't think I forgot about what you said about your gymnastics, not having any background. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no gymnastics yeah, background whatsoever. Crazy. 
No. Um, you know, I had friends growing up who were in gymnastics, but we, the growing up, my family didn't have money to, you know, do any of the type lessons or any of the sports where it was a monthly fee. You know, I did the YMCA type stuff. So I watched my friends. I had a really good friend who was in gymnastics. Um, and I am, it taught me to be a visual learner because I would watch her at the playground at recess on the weekends when we hung out and we'd just be at the park. But I could never do it because obviously as a child trying to be like, oh, try a backhand string. <laughs> it wasn't really the smartest if you don't have someone who could teach you. But um, as I got older, you know, my brothers, they knew my friends were in gymnastics and literally they would dare me to do things like, well, try a no-handed cartwheel, which is an aerial. So I would get my pool raft <laughs> and put it in the yard and would try it. So as I got a little older, you know, older meaning uh, later elementary school years, mm. I, that's where I started to get brave and would try things. And I taught myself how to do a backhand swing. I taught myself how to do aerials, no-handed cartwheels. Um, backflips came a little bit later where I could actually do it in the pool. But yeah, everything has just been self-taught. And as I've gotten older, YouTube, social media, Instagram has given me some ideas. And it's, you know, if you break it down, if you like look at my routines, the way I do a backflip isn't technically the right way. But in my sport, they don't care. It's not, they're not judging you like a gymnastics routine where form and technicality needs to be exact. So, you know, it worked out great because I can do a backflip, but then I like to take my own spin to it. And, you know, put some B-boy style or um, some different kind of twists or modifications on a standard bat flip. So it worked well in my favor. And, again, the fact that I am a little bit fearless has worked um, to allow me to try these things. Now, granted, I've had an excessive amount of injuries because of my lack of fear. But that's all kind of comes with part of the territory. And, you know, sometimes I wouldn't land things right and I'd have a – you know, a pretty big mishap, but it's like, well, I did that skill wrong, so I need to learn how to do it properly before I try again. <laughs> okay, so all right, well, you know that makes sense. I mean, so so for people that's out there listening right now, the part of the reason you, you're good at the gymnastics within your field is that that a, mm-hmm. a, a fair way to say it? But you don't think that if you were to, well, I mean, you say you you don't do it technically right you can do it but not technically the way that a gymnast would want it done is is that where we're we're uh saying right exactly and the thing is that's good is like in our industry you know you don't have to be a gymnast to Mm -hmm. do well in our division in the fitness division because they don't require you to do backflips and tumbling passes the great thing about our sport in our industry is they say you know we want eclectic routine. So everyone has different styles. So some people are lyrical dancers and they have to implement, there are some um, mandatories, you know, but to be honest, at our pro level, they're pretty easy. Like you have to be able to do a push up, any variation, um, high kicks, a straddle hold. So you do have to implement some elements, but gymnastics is not one of them. So if mm. you have it, great. You can include that in your routines, but for sure, like I, compete against several of the women who grew up and they are level 10 gymnasts, which is the highest you can go. So they have incredible routines that have tons of high flying, powerful gymnastics, tumbling passes. But again, it's not required. Um, As long as you can put together an awesome, creative, explosive, entertaining routine, that's what the judges want to see. 
Okay. All right. So, you know, for, for those people out there, I'm going to give you the layman's term version of that. Uh, it, it's kind of like Dana Carvey. If, if people that might remember him from Saturday Night Live once described himself <laughs> as like, He's a drummer, but he's not a good drummer when when you put him up against people that do it professionally. But because I'm a comedian and I can drum, I look great doing it. That right, yeah, yep, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because the good thing is too, it's like with my routines, I do a lot of break dancing and b boy. Well, none of the other girls can do that, so it kind of helps separate what I bring to the table. Um, and you know, again, we're all kind of different, which is what makes it exciting if we all had the same elements that we brought to our routine, it would be boring. It would be like the same routine, just packaged with different music and different costumes. And we don't want that. We want a variety of different styles because what we do in our sport is you're trying to show true athleticism and talent from being able to dance like a badass, being able to flip if you can, having so much strength that you can do these press up handstands and stall depresses, um, also flexibility. So there's so many elements they're looking for. That's what's great is it really creates a different um, routine that we all are bringing on stage. Okay. Well, that that explains a lot. You, you, you cover a lot of ground and your fearlessness, the, the yeah. willing, to, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> willing to put your body at risk. But like I said, that comes with the territory. So, you know, yes. One of the things I'm sure that uh, some of the people listening, and first off, let me let me give a shout to where they can find you so they'll know what I'm talking about with these uh, routines. You can find her on Instagram if you uh, look up Whitney Jones was underscore IFBB Pro. So again, Whitney yep. Jones underscore IFBB Pro. You can find her, you can kind of scroll down through all of that stuff, and I'm sure within one of those clips of videos, you will see her uh, going through the dance routine. They got a couple of still shots of her doing backflips and what have you, so when I sounded a little uh, surprised that, that she had no uh, gymnastics background, that is why. That's because I I, yeah. I, I saw that, <laughs> and the, the massive amounts of flips, twerks, splits, and everything else that she's done throughout the, uh, the, I guess, the course of her career. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite impressive. Uh, well, thank you. And, and, you know, it has to be noted that you have a picture with uh, Mr. Bill's best built body in the world, uh, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger, which only brings up, because I guess he's the, <laughs> the, the largest face that is attached to fitness. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it has to have happened. Now, who's approached you to be in somebody's movie? Well, I am in a documentary, um, Generation Iron 3, which was modeled after Pumping Iron, which Arnold, obviously, you know, was kind of his claim to fame, his documentary from years ago. Yeah, so Generation Iron um, decided to kind of follow some of these athletes, recreating the pump pumping iron kind of error and information Mm -hmm. but generation iron three was the first time they included a female in it and um so i was flattered to be asked to be part of that they journey they kind of followed me in my journey to my 2018 arnold classic competition which i actually ended up winning um it was my first fitness international title where I got to meet Arnold on stage. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason it was 
kind of monumental was in 2017, I broke my neck. Um, it was supposed to be a career ending injury, mm. but I don't flow like that. I don't like people trying to count me out. So I actually had um, neck surgery. I have a 12 piece metal cage they had to put in my neck to kind of put me back together and rehabbed nine months to get back on stage. So it was really expedited and it was kind of like, this is really soon, but, and I wasn't going to be at my best. I knew that the arm strength, you know, with once you break your neck and then you have the surgery, there's a lot of atrophy and you have to slowly go into building back the strength. So they decided to kind of follow my journey. Well, a couple weeks out from the Arnold Classic in 2018, during one of my, I was trying one of my crazy B-boy style flips. I actually blew out my ACL and my MCL. Mm. So it was like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you you got to bow out. And there was already so much talk about me never being able to come back from breaking my neck. And honestly, it fueled me to be like, yeah, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove everybody wrong. Well, when the knee injury happened, I thought, there's just no way. There's no way that I'm going to step out and bow out now. So I kept it quiet, did not tell anybody, and um, told my surgeon, I'm doing this competition. I may be mediocre, but I'm doing it, and I'll have surgery afterwards. So kept it under wraps, um, did the competition with one leg, (laughs) and then just had to come up with a whole new routine in a matter of weeks, which normally – you have a routine and you practice for months and months and months and just to get that routine perfect. Well, I had two very weak arms and going into it, my routine was all powerful, explosive jumping. Well, when I tore my ACL and my MCL, it was like, well, I can't really use my legs much because I only got one. But the best thing that happened from that is it forced me to think out of the box. I had to be creative, had to come up with what I can do. So I have two bad arms and I have one leg that's non-existent. What kind of routine can I put together with one leg? And um, I was able to come up with stuff. You know, obviously there was a lot of pain. I had to wear a full-blown metal knee brace as part of my routine in order to get through. But um, I was able to do it and ended up coming out with a win, which was a huge surprise to me. But I think it was just because it was such at least I know now the judges have said um, it was such a different routine and it still had power and it still had skills and was completely entertaining that they loved it and they had no idea I even had my knee injury. So, um, you know, it's just a true testament to having goals and knowing that you will find a way because there was a way. And it, again, it forced me to find new things that I could do. And of course ended up, that was my first world championship title was that show in 2018. I then flew home, had surgery, and then pushed for Olympia, which was six months later. And um, I ended up winning the Olympia that year, too. So those are under all the crazy circumstances. Uh, I think it was great because it really kind of solidified the fact that you should never give up. There's always going to be a way. And the fact that I was able to come out on top with gaining the Fitness International title and the Olympia title when, you know, it was less than a year from breaking my neck and had ACL and CL injury and then surgery and then came back and, you know, was still able to finish on top. So I think I had the uh, name of your uh, biography when it comes out. You know, Whitney Jones (laughs) forged under fire. Or yeah. baptized yeah. in fire, or something, something along those lines. Because apparently, you know, that 
you cannot tell the story of how of winning this without your your arms going out on one bad leg. But you know, I'm figuring for you with two weak arms is probably like the strength of the average person. <laughs> it might be. It, I mean, I, it's I probably weak honest, for you. Crazy. Yeah, I was like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at you. I was like, <laughs> just weak for you. But you know, I was like, looking at, it, I was like, man, <laughs> that's probably just average person strength at this point. You know, so so you can't Very lift well up to 300 be. pounds. You know, but you can still do what the regular people could do. <laughs> that could be. That could be. But yeah. It's, trying to compete with everyone else at my level who they definitely have the, the strength that I used to. It was, it was kind of crazy to think, how am I even going to be able to put together something that could be competitive with what everyone else was going to bring? But, you know, thankfully, um, since I think, again, I don't have that formal training, it allows me to come up with stuff that's unconventional and, and totally non-traditional, but that's what has helped me stand apart. Uh, because I do different stuff and um, everything is a little kind of unconventional that no one else is doing on that stage. So, yeah, you know, it was, there were some scary moments thinking, am I going to embarrass myself going out there knowing I can do maybe, maybe one tenth of the skills that I normally do. And then while having an injury, trying to practice new stuff, I mean, that brings a whole nother level of difficulty going you have three weeks to put together a routine and come up with new skills that you've never done while being injured and trying not to injure it worse. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I fully believe in a positive mindset. I feel like that dictates your success. So I didn't allow myself to kind of dwell on what had happened and just focus on there's plenty of things I couldn't do. I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to focus on what it was I could do and put something together that was going to be powerful and entertaining and still had elements of explosiveness because that's what I'm known for. All right, folks, uh, just a, a quick to-do there. You probably heard a little transition from uh, the last statement till now. Uh, Mr. Green had to run out just for a minute there to, to get uh, his, his daughter where she needed to be. The reason I'm telling you all this is because I'm sure you heard my phone doing all sorts of crazy noises in the background there for a second. And uh, Whitney was was uh, gracious enough to just you know let me run and and do what I need to do, and she she came right on back because she understands. She says she's a mom, so she gets it. So uh, thank you for that. Of course, hey, parenting duties call, and it's always going to happen, right? So <laughs> it's a priority. I completely understand. Yes, and uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to jump right back in this because now I, I believe the last thing I was talking about was the uh, my questioning. You're going into the movies. You started talking about uh, the new documentary that you're part of, uh, which is like an updated version of Pumping Iron, if I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, was, yes. Okay, and the name of that documentary is. It's Generation Iron 3, so that came out, gosh, I think the end of 2018 or 2019, so it's out. Oh, okay. Um, it's on Netflix, uh, Apple TV, Hulu, like it's pretty much everywhere. So I know it's out there, and that's kind of a glimpse, but it was pretty exciting to be included. Obviously, like I said, it's, it's the Generation Iron 1 and 2 only featured men, and then Generation Iron 3, they had reached out and said, we'd like to 
feature a female and feel like you'd be a good fit. Um, in all honesty, they didn't know how it would be perceived by their community and by their audience. And it went over really well, which was awesome because it kind of helped open up the door to featuring other female athletes mm -hmm. in that community because it's really focused on just men's bodybuilding and um, it's huge following overseas. And, you know, in reality, they didn't realize, you know, if it's going to go good or bad with a female. So I was like, I'll take a risk. I don't care if they don't like me. Oh, well. <laughs> and <laughs> thankfully, it went really well and um, was great to kind of be part of that. Okay. Now, so was that the first, I guess, major documentary that you got the opportunity to be a part of? Yes. Yeah. Now... We're going to do some, a little bit of comparative note here because, as the world knows, well, I guess most people, let me, not, let me not assume the world at this point because I know we got some kids who have no idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a, a bodybuilder at some point. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but for those who do not know, uh, he was in the movie Pumping Iron. It wasn't the first mm -hmm. thing he did theatrically at all but it is the thing that put him on the map because he was a, a, an amazing physical specimen he showed a lot of charisma and what he was doing and that kind of opened the door for him to uh, go to Conan the Barbarian which of course again his amazing physique was exactly what they were looking for and in the role his accent did not work against him the rest is history so right uh, I can only imagine that with you, your personality kind of shines, and you oh, also well, thank you. Ha have an amazing physique as well. Now, I don't know if uh, you've been hit with, hey, here's a script, I want you to read this, and this, that, and the other, I mean, but, but I would not be surprised at all if you've been propositioned, approached, or what have you. Uh, have those things begin, you know, to come up that you're aware of? There have been a few things that popped up. Um, you know, obviously, until things end up coming to fruition, mm -hmm. you can't really, you know, bank on anything. But there has been um, some things that come my way. And there might be, uh, there's a film being produced right now. It was actually put on hold during uh, all the kind of COVID and quarantine because it's being produced in L.A. And it's a movie called Jim Rat. And uh. it's kind of a weird, obscure name. But that is one that I have, um, they actually reached out right before Olympia regarding trying to come back out to come out to L.A., film some scenes. So possibly with that. But yeah, you know, I'm always open to any ideas. I love, um, I love new projects. So I don't ever close the door on anything. I, I can imagine that you don't. You seem you seem uh, very outgoing in that way that you would pretty much like, hey, I'll give it a shot, that that type of thing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Of course, you never know. you got to try new things all the time. Well, see, now that's what I'm waiting on. I, what I'm waiting on is for to turn around one day and turn on Netflix and see you on the cover of, like, you know, one of the thumbnails with, with like, a giant – cannon in your hand or you know something like that <laughs> you against the so world you never know yeah <laughs> right well you know that that that's it happened for arnold it happened for lou you know for rigno so so why not you know yep. and, I, and i know there's been a couple other people peppered throughout that but those are like the most notable names that uh uh people would probably recognize so yes right. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm absolutely uh waiting for and anticipating 
to see Whitney Jones, especially at this this stage. Now, you being a, a three-time uh, what's, what's the, uh, the fitness Olympia. Now, I meant to ask about mm-hmm. that earlier also. Is with Fitness Olympia, the title of that be considered the peak title, or are there other uh, competitions? I mean, is that like the Super Bowl, you know, to, to use a That is phrase? definitely the Super Bowl. Okay. It's the highest title you can get. You know, the, the Arnold Classic, the Fitness International, that's a very prestigious title. Mm-hmm. But the Olympia is, is truly the ultimate, like, if you win the Olympia title, you go down in the record books in bodybuilding history. So um, that is the hardest competition to, number one, get to. you got to qualify. And then if you win, you are literally qualified for life. If you ever reach that top where you are the number one champ, you are qualified for life. So it is. It's the Super Bowl of our sport. And if you win, it's almost like being given that MVP title. And you, you qualify for life. So once you're there, you're there. Yes. So literally, I may be 80 years old, bumping on that stage in a wheelchair <laughs> or a walker and maybe not flipping as much. And, and let's be honest, if I'm 80 years old on that stage, my physique might be a little suspect. So probably shouldn't do that. But hey, with me, you never know what you're going to get. If you're 80 years old and you're on that stage, that should probably be a trophy in and of itself. I think so, too. I agree with that. Just the fact that you're able to walk out there and and be willing and able to pose. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so there's a hierarchy, clearly. And I know you went into a little bit of it uh, earlier. You talked about, you know, going through the amateur and that kind of transitioned you over to the next thing. So if you were going to explain the the uh, the, the lineage of what you do to get to Fitness Olympia, if you were to mm-hmm. lay that out timeline-wise, could, mm-hmm. you, could you explain it for the layman person? Like, hey, you're probably going to spend – uh, a year or two doing amateur until you get noticed or whatever the case is. Could, could you lay that out to where people would understand the amount of work slash prep that got you to this point? Sure, yeah. I mean, and it's a very, very competitive industry. There is no doubt about that. And especially with each year, it just gets harder and harder. So as an amateur, you have to – be able to go into a show and win your local show, like local regional show, which could have, you know, tons of competitors. You have to place in order to go to the next level, which is a national show. Okay. And there's, uh, you know, I, a handful of national shows. Now, can, I, can I ask a question real quick? Sorry to interrupt that. Sure. So, so for yeah. when they go into the amateur, now I, I guess mm-hmm. these days it'd be easier because you should just be able to Google that and find one. Or, you know, something like that. Now, you talked about Fitness Olympia being difficult to get into, difficult to get into. Would the mm-hmm. local amateur version of that be a little bit more open door? Or is it, uh, yeah. it's, okay, it's a little bit more open door for letting you in? Is, is it almost like, hey, it's, it's, if you want to compete, you can compete? Yes. So at the local level, like in – And just so you know, like if anyone is interested in the sport, they can go to NPC, so National Physique Committee, Mm -hmm. so NPCNewsOnline.com, and that lists 
any amateur show. So if you live in Kansas, if you live in California or Florida, you can find what shows are in your area so you can kind of set a goal date. But anyone can do an NPC local and regional show as a newbie, total rookie, first time ever. However, to go to the national stage, you have to place. And depending if you're, say, men's bodybuilding or you're a bikini class or your fitness, in order to qualify to go to a national show, you have to place anywhere from first, second, or third. And in some divisions, they allow top five. So, you know, if you're a newbie newbie and you placed fifth and there was only, say, eight in your class, it would be silly to try to be go to a national show and compete to get that pro card because in reality, if you're not placing first or second at a local level show, you're going to waste your money trying to go to a national show because it's ultra competitive. National shows have the best of the best all over the country competing for that one spot to go pro. So the amateur ranks are equivalent to, say, the minor leagues in baseball. Mm-hmm. And once you get your pro card, you're now in the major leagues. But that can easily be anywhere from a two to a five-year process depending on genetics, talent, um, athleticism, you know, how well your body responds. So some people fast track it and they're, you know, lucky or genetically gifted or talented and can get their pro card quicker, but it typically takes a couple years to even get to that pro level. Okay. So, so, I mean, you, you're doing right by, by telling people the, the realities of what they're dealing with. So, so they're yeah. not walking into this thing and saying, yeah, I'll be there next year. So it, exactly, yes. It, it, so it could be the process of if you start not now, five. You know, we'll we'll, we'll go on the average about five years mm-hmm. or so. Like I said, genetics and dedication, depending. Mhm. Exactly. And then when you do that, you move on to like I say, you go to nationals, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and and if you're lucky enough there, you know, because again, it's the best. It's the top people who've placed in all the local shows across the country. So the national shows, you know, across the board in all the divisions, sometimes they'll have over a thousand athletes, you know, that encompass bodybuilding, men's physique, classic physique, wellness, bikini, fitness, figure. There's, there's several divisions, but yeah, it's very competitive. And then, you know, again, some classes they'll award first and second place a pro card, but in most it's just that first place. And then you're considered a pro. But once you get your pro card, you're starting back at the bottom, at the bottom of the barrel, and you got to climb your way back up in hopes of reaching the ultimate, which is the Olympia. Okay. Now, that is, again, a massive amount of dedication. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That that sounds like it's being applied to this. So let's Mm -hmm. go into the prep. I'm not going to ask what yeah. you did when you went, you know, initially. So we're going to talk about uh, you're going into something like Fitness Olympia. How far out when you decide, hey, I'm going back, how far out do you mm-hmm. do you begin to like, all right, that's it. I'm on, it's, it's, it's training time, or I'm specifically training for this now. Because I'm sure you train all the time, but, but I'm yes. specifically doing it for this event now. How, how far out do you begin that process? Well, honestly, it is. For any of the pro athletes, it's a year-round, you know, prep. You you do 
take a step back, but you train year round. If you're an Olympian athlete, if you've ever made it to the Olympia and you ever want to make it back again, you don't really take an off season or a break because post Olympia, you should be making notes on the things that you want to improve, you know, physique wise. And in my case with the fitness routines, skill wise and trick wise. So that stuff doesn't happen overnight. So literally it's a year round process and it's a, it's something that you do and it's a lifestyle. So, you know, but to be kind of more clear dieting itself doesn't have to be year round. You eat clean, but you do need to give your body a break where you're not being so hardcore or restrictive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for most people, six to four months out is where they start really start cleaning up their diet for a big show like the Olympia. Um, I am fortunate with what I do and it sucks because of course I prep a ton of athletes to compete in this sport. I have a very fortunate metabolism. Um, I don't have to diet hard at all, but again, I'm doing hours of, you know, routine practice choreography. So I burn a ton. And so for me, I don't really have to diet or clean stuff up until a couple weeks out. And I know a lot of people will hate me for it, but it's the truth. Um, <laughs> so it's hard to admit that. But I will say this. It wasn't always that way. Because once I got into this sport, after doing, you know, endurance events, marathons, and triathlons, my body was just so used to hours of cardio every day that and and it was my metabolism wasn't efficient i would eat carbs and i would blow up you know and that's where a lot of women are like you know i have to restrict food and restrict carbs but it's because i wasted away so much muscle from all the cardio i was doing and i wasn't incorporating lifting so once i started adding in lean healthy muscle mass um mass and meaning not getting huge but just creating like a shape and toned physique, my metabolism got way more efficient and I could increase my calories. I could have cheat meals regularly. I, you know, would eat sugar and it wouldn't affect my body. So really putting on muscle and starting to lift versus doing cardio is what got my metabolism to where it's at today. And I tell that to females all the time because if you're struggling and you are, you know, you having to eat, so little or so clean all the time, best advice I have is, you know, cut back on the cardio and get more into the gym lifting. You don't have to lift heavy. You can do body weight stuff or you can do high rep, low weight workouts, but you got to start putting on that lean muscle mass because that is ultimately what dictates the efficiency of your metabolism. Hmm. Uh, You certainly have this down to a science. And there's one thing I, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm, you certainly correct me if I am. You seem as if the type of person that's able to morph your body pretty much at will. I, I see you uh, in the Fitness Olympia, and you seem extremely lean, very defined, very muscular, and very toned at that point. But then I see videos of you in the gym where you're still uh, muscular, but doesn't seem quite as lean maybe i, right. I, I don't mm-hmm. know uh, is that just because hey is um, i'm at olympia and i'm, I'm constantly in a, in a state of flex <laughs> or is that yeah. just because you are able to do that well it's both honestly so you get as lean as you possibly can 
for the big show, but it's mm-hmm. not in, in, to be realistic, it's not something you can maintain. Those low levels of body fat mm-hmm. are not healthy to maintain long-term. Okay. So you get yourself in prime shape for that day. And then there's protocol, honestly, with food, water manipulation, how you pump up backstage where you have this glimpse of your physique for literally a couple minutes, because even later that day, you'll see me and, and people always think, gosh, you look so huge because they're used to seeing my stage photos. And then they see me in real life and they're like, you're fit and you know, you have really defined muscles, but you don't look huge. But it's because it's, it's kind of smoke and mirrors in a way mm-hmm. on show day, the way you pose, the way you um, you know, it's kind of like a beauty pageant with muscles is kind of how we explain it because we're wearing blinged out bikinis and it's very feminine and pretty, but you're showing your structure and your shape and your muscularity. But it's all in how we pose. It's the food, water, and us pumping up right before we hit the stage. And then, you know, it dissipates. So we always look bigger on stage than we are in real life. And then, yeah, I maintain a, a fit and somewhat lean physique year round. Um, yeah, I'm not one of those athletes who post-show rebounds and blows up and gains a lot of weight, but that's because I, I eat healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much year round. I don't go to extremes. So my body doesn't fluctuate much in weight. It maybe is five to eight pounds at the most in my complete, you know, technical quote unquote off season, but yeah, on stage, that is the leanest I ever am. And it's just a temporary look to really showcase your muscularity, your conditioning. And then you go back to kind of maintaining more, you know, healthy levels of body fat and, you know, still looking in shape as best you can year round. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into your, your routine because yes, you looked extremely lean, but now the, uh, the fitness routine specifically is uh, what caught my eye. I mean, you know, holy crap. Now I don't know what year this was that I was looking at off the top of my head. I think you were, you kind of looked like a frost queen out there with a white coat, with fur. Oh, yeah. White, <laughs> white bikini. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, mm-hmm. th- this routine, a portion of this, and I'm going to try to do this description justice for the people that are listening here. <laughs> A portion of this has you doing, I guess, full vertical push-ups, at least three of them. It, it, yes. That that is that's one thing. So you're a handstand mm-hmm. pushing up with yep, with, with no another. bar, no nothing to lean on, nothing like that. Just just arm. Uh huh. That's the first push-ups. Yes. Second. <laughs> Push-ups where you, like, fully uh, elevate yourself, I would say, I mean, I'm guessing probably about two to three, maybe two and a half, three feet off the ground. To, you know, you're mm-hmm. shooting yourself up, doing yep. a full cross of arms and legs while in the air and coming back down and doing it again. Yes. Yep, those are what we call plyo push-ups. And, and yeah, they get about three, sometimes four feet off the ground, believe it or not, depending on which style you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're explosive push-ups. A dance routine through this, mm-hmm. and, we, and we'll talk about your dance in a minute, 
Because he, I know he's like, no, I didn't train in uh, gymnastics, but now, now the dancing, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you do this yeah. like a little RoboCop deal. I, yes, break dancing. Yeah, <laughs> pop yeah, and well, lock. And... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the pop and lock, I mean, and it's right in sync with the little uh, the, the robotic sound effect that's on the, you know, through the show. I mean, uh, it, it was an uh, amazing thing to see what you are physically able to do. So, uh, so the fitness and the strength, that's one thing. And you've covered a lot of that. You're talking about, you know, you pretty much stay, you know, fit uh, year round. You're, you're pretty much prepared for this. You just talked about getting lean and, and basically in show condition for the show. But the dancing, now the dancing is a whole different, that, that's a different skill set. Mm-hmm. Did you lean yeah. into this already having dancing as your background, or did you start to learn it specifically because you're like, hey, I'm going to the show, I better learn how to do some, some, some nice stuff on that stage? Well, again, it was something where I didn't ever take dance classes or anything growing up. Um, mm-hmm. So it was still fairly new, but when I went to ASU, since I decided not to do track, which was crazy still to this day, but <laughs> I was like, huh, I used to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I thought about trying out for cheerleading at ASU, but the um, it, that would have been the natural progression for me. However, the schedule that they required wouldn't have worked for me because I needed to have jobs to you know, pay my way through college. Yes. So then I found out about the dance team and that didn't have as many hours required. So I decided to try out for the dance team. Um, you know, again, I never took dance classes growing up, but I had some rhythm and honestly, I don't overthink it. So I decided to go in, try out for ASU dance team and made it. So I had two years of experience on ASU dance, but we put together our own routines. We didn't really have... Um, a a coach that was like a specific dance instructor who choreographed stuff for us. So again, never really any guidance on it, uh, which was fine because again, going into this sport, I started getting into break dancing and more hip hop and stuff like that, which that wouldn't have been anything I learned, you know, to do at the ASU dance line anyways. So again, it was just more watching videos. I'm telling you, YouTube is a great (laughs) teacher yeah. But also just kind of listening and letting your body move. I would get in my um, aerobics room, put on some music, and just start moving. And stuff comes out of that. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool little combo. Um, just flowing with it, freestyling. And to me, that's how I've choreographed all my routines, is just going with the beats and the flows and what the words say and seeing what comes naturally without trying to force it and have it be so strict and choreographed. I just kind of wanted to flow and vibe with it and see what came out of it. Well, clearly you have done that. And you have <laughs> figured out what has worked or what does work for you in that, that particular instance. So like I said, you know, and I'm going to say now for anybody that's uh, interested in checking that out, uh, I think you can go to our, our YouTube as well. And I find these routines, like I said, I, I don't know, I don't remember the specific year that that was, but uh, if you are wanting to see her in action, 
Um, yeah. Just look up Whitney Jones Fitness and it should pop up and you can just scroll down through the uh, video section. And you can see uh, what you got. I believe it's, see, I'm in front of my computer right now. So I believe it's the 2020. I think that's the one I was watching. Yeah. So. Uh, yep, that was the 2020 routine. So, so there you have it. And, the, and you'll also see this uh, gigantic metal that she's uh, having around her <laughs> neck and one of these other thumbnails. I mean, that is almost the size of a hubcap. It's huge. I know, right? They are. The Olympia medals are definitely big. Well, they, well, they want the world to know. They want, they want the, the yeah. world to know that you. this is it. This is what you've won. This Heck the, yeah. So, and it is something to be proud of. And and as stated at the beginning of this thing, three times I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up right here. Three times you've you've gone in and you've won. That's 2018 to 2019 in this year. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. And, and and as I speak this year, this is being recorded in 2021, by the way. So yes. Yeah. So yes, yeah, she uh, she has gone through and she's done that now. How long do you intend on doing this? I know you talked earlier, like, hey, you might be 80 years old getting back up on that stage. So <laughs> is, is, is this going to be just an annual thing? Because I see here, uh, I, I'm assuming that the record is, and I I'm, I'm, hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, Adela Garcia. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. that she's the record holder because it looks like she's a seven-timer. Yeah, she is the record holder. She actually, she's won it well, eight well, times. Well, well so okay, nah, is, yeah, I was going to say eight because she, she's got, I guess she changed her name because one of them has her listed yeah. as Adela Garcia Friedmansky. Yes, yep. So she's won it eight times. That's definitely a, a hard record to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I always, each year, it's just a matter of, you know, I love this sport. I love competing. I plan to do it, you know, as long as I can. I qualified for nine Olympias straight. This is my ninth Olympia. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't know. We'll just keep kind of rolling with it and enjoying the process and, and trying to keep injuries at bay. Honestly, that's probably the, the biggest and, and hardest hurdle for our division, for the fitness division, because you think, you know, you're getting lean, um, your body is sore with all the workouts and the routine practice. So, and then you're going and doing these crazy tricks and flips and, you know, plyo pushups that are several feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. So injuries happen. Uh, for me, I have literally broken almost every bone in my body. No Ooh. joke. I've had 16 surgeries. I have tons of metal in my body. Um, but I have continued to move forward and, um, like I said, I've always found a way. So as long as my body is healthy and able to do it, I love it. I plan to. So I don't know. I guess it's just kind of to be determined. Okay. Works for me. And, and again, you know, I try to make this thing so that the layman out there and the novice such as myself will understand the uh, the uh some of the motivations because I know one of the, the uh, questions some people ask are, well, what did they get out of that? What do they gain? What are, you know, because again, the only face that a lot of people can associate with that sport is Schwarzenegger, and that mm-hmm. that of course you know he was able to transition into some other walks of life. But within the Olympia and in the fitness world in and of itself, there are a certain amount of perks 
benefits, rewards, etc. We won't go into the specifics of what you get, but uh, because that you know that's nobody's business. If they want to find out, they can look it up. But uh, right, there, there are there is financial reward for for winning. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. trophies, awards. Um, is there anything else that gets attached to that, such as sponsorship or touring, speaking engagements, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that, you know, that comes with that? Yes. I mean, in all honesty, it, this, if you're in this sport, it's not, unless you're a bodybuilder, the men are all paid higher. So, you know, that obviously is, is always a good thing for them, but for women, it's not as lucrative. You can't make a career out of competing. However, you can use it to parlay into other opportunities. You know, the, at the pro level, you do win money at pro shows um, for top three, sometimes top five. At the Olympia and the Arnold, there's higher prize money, which is obviously more advantageous. But you do get sponsorship opportunities, contracts, endorsements. Um, and other opportunities, you know, like we talked about with film or how it can kind of transition into other projects. For me personally, um, I own, so I own five businesses. They're all fitness related. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, is being able to kind of have my name out there, um, get some recognition and acknowledgement for what I've accomplished in the sport has helped all of my businesses. So for me, it's a perfect opportunity you know, I'm not, it's different if you're an athlete and say you're a teacher that can't really, you know, if you're doing well in this sport, it doesn't really transition into that side of the career. But a lot of people in our sport have businesses related to, you know, fitness, whether it's they're a trainer and they coach athletes, they own a gym, whatever. So for me, it's been great because my success in the sport has helped my businesses and just kind of brought more attention and more sales and, you know, more clients to the businesses that I run on a day-to-day basis. Well, I can imagine so, because it, if you have that hanging on your wall, I mean, they, they, nobody could ever point at you as like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> right, yes, yes. That, that becomes a very difficult argument to have when you've got, you know, a Fitness Olympia medal hanging on the walls. And like I said, see, I do this every day. Look at that. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... You are able to parlay as well as some of your colleagues, I'm sure, able to parlay that off into uh, doing other things. And so for those that might be interested in it, there is something to it. But if you're female, you're saying that you may have to make it work for you. Is is mm-hmm. or, or for that matter, I guess, if you're male, you know, but but there's a there's a a paid differential there, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, now, is, is is that something that has ever been addressed? Because I know that that is something that does come up in, in various sports where people are like, well, you know, we don't get paid as much and they need to do something about that or whatever the case be. Or or is it just, you know, we, we understand it based on the economics. What, what say you in that position? Yeah, it has been addressed, and actually the Olympia itself, um, new owners took over last year, and they increased prize money. So they're trying to make it more fair, Mm -hmm. but um, and yeah, it is different, but 
the way I view it is we know what we're getting into. If you don't like the rules, don't play the game. You know, unfortunately, yeah, the financial prizes are not equal. But there's some of the men's divisions. You know, bodybuilding gets the most prize money. But there's other men's divisions, and they're not raking in the dough either. And they're mm-hmm. still competing. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you can't really complain if you know what you're getting into from the get-go. And if, like I said, if you don't like it, then don't play. So uh, <laughs> it has been addressed, and they're trying to obviously increase prize money. But in all reality, the big boys, the, the bodybuilders, they're what draw the most attention to our sport because they're just – Literally, it's freaks of nature. People want to come out and see it because it's just, they look so unreal. So you can't knock that and say, oh, these other divisions need to be paid more. If our divisions aren't bringing in all the audience and the fans, then how can a business, because let's be honest, it's always a business, justify paying higher amounts when that's not where the audience is really coming from? We have a ton of fans, you know, with bikini and wellness and a lot of the women's divisions. But the main draw is the men's open bodybuilding. So, of course, they're going to get more money. So, I don't know. Me, personally, I don't mind because anyone getting into this sport, even for bodybuilders, they still need to find a way to use their fame and their success to financially benefit and parlay that into other opportunities because still they're not making a ton, a ton of money unless you're Mr. Olympia and you get paid, you know, like the, the big buck, but how long does that last? So everyone in this sport has to know that this is still kind of a hobby, but what you do with your success can dictate how well you, you know, develop businesses or, you know, financial gain through the opportunities with your success. Hmm. Okay. Well, you, you certainly yeah. have a, uh, a very positive outlook on, uh, yeah. on that whole thing. So bravo. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. So now I'm going to ask uh, one other thing before I transition over into random questions. Well, actually, right. you know, well, actually, let me walk that back a little bit because there, there are like two other things I got to get out before I get into the random questions. One, I want you to talk about any uh, merchandise that you may have and where anybody can find it. So uh, uh-huh. is, is there anything out there that you feel like you need to plug, share with uh, anybody that's listening if they want to get a poster or 8x10 T-shirts? Action figure, whatever. So I do have a website. It's fitwitjones, so F-I-T-W-H-I-T, jones.com. And that kind of lists some of my services. I own a gym here in Arizona. I coach athletes as well as lifestyle clients from all over the world. So if someone's looking for a trainer, whether it's in person or online, um, my services are listed on that website. And then I also have a website. I have an apparel line called Fearless, which, you know, kind of transitions into everything I'm all about. So that is fearlesswit.com. And it has all sorts of like fitness apparel for women, um, fun little shirts, tanks that have crazy things, um, you know, leggings, some jewelry. So a bunch of stuff on fearlesswit.com. Um, and so that's kind of, 
that's what I've been pushing right now. And then I also have an app that launched this year. So it's a fitness app. It's A&W Fitness. I'm doing it with one of my best friends, Alex. And so that's where people can follow along. You know, again, if you don't have a trainer or you have your own gym, you just need guidance, you can do actual real-time workouts. We have video demonstrations of each exercise. We have programs written. So literally, you take your phone in and you follow the workout. It's timed. It tells you how many sets, reps. So those are all things that you can find on my Instagram. There's a In my bio, there's a link tree that lists everything. Or you can go to... Um, fitwitjones.com, which is my website that kind of lists everything as well. All right. So you, you are prepared, and apparently that is the nucleus for everything that people uh, may need or want as it relates to you. Yeah. And I, I don't, we're, I'm going to basically give this a free plug because I'm going to ask you what this is. Uh, what is Legion Sports Fest? So Legions was, um, it's just another pro show with an expo tied to it. And that was last weekend. So uh, it was a ton of fun. You know, it was a three-day event where pro-level competition as well as an amateur competition. And then an expo with tons of other different sports, martial arts. um, You know, they even had jousting and, you know, boxing. So the expo had a lot of fun stuff going on there too, as well as vendors, you know, who are within the fitness community. So that was a three-day event. I just got home from that yesterday, and that was in Reno. So that was a fun show that they put on every year. Okay. So that was a, a, a recent event. I mean, I, again, I've been talking about your, your IMDb, I mean, not your IMDb, but your Instagram a couple of times here. And I, I know I saw the uh, very nice poster for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I certainly had to make sure that I brought that up. I was like, wow, that thing looks uh, incredible. Yeah, they do some great graphics, that's for sure. So I, I want to address one other uh, thing here by one of the co-stars of Mr. Schwarzenegger. And this isn't a, this isn't a ver- verbatim quote, but it's, you'll get the gist of it, where he was talking about um, Arnold and his dedication. This mm-hmm. is from former governor Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. and, and essentially he said that uh, the thing that he learned from Arnold is, is that he was the most focused man in the world it, because in order to be Mr. Universe you have to be it's like you can't uh, have any distractions in your life to be the best built body in the world you got to eat right train right sleep right 25 hours a day 7 days a week no exceptions how much of that mm-hmm. do you agree with well, to be truthful, for me, it's that's not a reality. I'm a single mom of two boys. I own five businesses. Mm-hmm. I would love to say that I am dedicated all day, every day to this sport, but it's, it's not an option. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, again, there, there are people who are in situations and fortunate that they don't have to work, they may not have kids, um, and they can dedicate 100% of the time to prepping for these shows and being the best athlete. But honestly, for me, that's been one of the greatest accomplishments is to be number one in the world, knowing I have eight gazillion things on my plate every single day. Um, I was the first ever mom to win the Olympia title in any division. And to me, that was so super special. 
because so many people think once, you know, you have children, you know, you have, you can't follow your dreams. You can't focus on goals for yourself. And that's not true. You know, again, people may not want to be Miss Olympia, but um, it doesn't matter whatever your goal is, big or small, you still need to focus on achieving things for you personally. So for me, having that platform to say, yeah, I'm a mom and a single mom at that. And I actually have a full-time job and not just one, but I, you know, I'm running five businesses. It gave a lot of people perspective to go, holy crap. Okay. Well, um, I guess I could maybe pursue something that I want to do. And it was so amazing to have so many messages. I get DMs still to this day with people who say, you know, you inspired me to go after what I wanted. I always kept thinking there's just no time and there's no possible way. But I look at what you've accomplished and I look at everything that you have on your plate and you still found a way and it motivated me. And I love that. I want to have a positive impact on people. I want to encourage people to, you know, dream big to the point where people think you're crazy. It's honestly, it's like I said years ago, I want to make it to Olympia, not win it. I just wanted to make it to Olympia. And people thought that was crazy. Once I made it to Olympia, my goal was, well, damn, one day I want to win that title. And people thought there's no way. And it's like, again, I love challenges. So you tell me I can't do something and guess what? I'm going to find a way. So, you know, it is, it would be great to have the fortunate situation to just focus entirely on this, but I probably would be bored. And I don't think I would be (laughs) even at my best. I think there would be too much time to overthink, overtrain, Right now, everything has to be scheduled so specifically because I have so many things each day I got to get done that it makes, it forces me to be efficient with my training, with my routine practice, with my dieting. So, you know, again, if I had all the time in the world, typically people end up wasting a lot of time. And um, so I wouldn't change anything for the world. I also think that I live by this motto that you don't have to, you get to. And that is something I preach day in and day out. I actually am working on a book right now of that title that will be coming out. But the the mindset behind that is nobody's forcing you to do anything. But if you don't appreciate and show gratitude for what you get to do, then you're missing the big picture. You know, whether it's prepping for a show, no one made me get into this sport, but I was healthy enough. I had the ability. I had the talent. I had the genetics to get to jump into this sport. And it's not just for prep, but in reality for me, it's a daily mantra. And I still to this day, you'll hear me say, oh, I have to go do this. But something clicks and I change it. And it's like, no, I don't have to. Like right now, this interview and this podcast with you, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. Why? Because you were interested enough in my career, in my accomplishments, that you wanted to interview me. That's pretty badass. So take advantage of it. Um, Again, with your daughter, you didn't have to go pick her up. You've got to go pick her up. Why? Because you had a car, so you're lucky enough to have a car. You have a daughter who relies on you and trusts you to, you know, help her out with stuff. Again, you're lucky that you get to have a child. So it's just a way to flip the mindset, to take all the negative connotation out and really focus on the positive. And for me, every day with the many things on my plate, I just keep reminding myself, I don't have to do any of this. I get to do it. I get to run multiple companies. I get to go to the gym and work on my physique. I get to go work on my skills for my fitness routine. You know, I then get to go to my kids' 
football and baseball game. So the mindset is the most important part. And even though I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger where I can focus entirely on this during the years that he was competing, I get to have X amount of hours each day dedicated to this, and I make the most of it. All right. And I think uh, we're going to just go add to the list uh, the, uh, the public speaker. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of Thank you. That's what I, was, I, was, I was trying to find yes. out. I was like, what am I looking for here? Motivational speaker. There we go. Yes. That, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, so yep, I've done a, a few of those, so I love it. Yeah. It's time for random questions. It is time for random questions. All right. So we're going to toss a few of them out. Just give me what you got. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Guilty pleasure food. Donuts or Oreos. Paratasa. I love both of them. <laughs> Scariest thing you have encountered? Ooh, um, I would say I hate roaches, especially <laughs> flying roaches. So if you want to see someone freak out, like excessively dramatic, overplay, that's me. Like you show me a roach or you scare me with one, that you're going to see a scene. <laughs> well, well, now that's not a big thing out in uh, Arizona, is it? I can understand here no. in the South. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not too bad here, but they have them, and that's probably why it scares the hell out of me, because it's unexpected, but when they, oh, I just hate them. I hate them. A little bit more random out there rather than it being a normal (laughs) thing. See, there you go, kids. Scorpions, we have scorpions here, but scorpions don't scare me like roaches do. How can scorpions not scare you like roaches? Because they're more common here, so I see them more frequently. But but and they, they don't fly. But you could get stung. I mean, like, roaches might look weird, but yeah. but, but, but ultimately they can't do anything to you. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. I've been stung by scorpion five times. It's not fun, but um, that's usually because it's in the dark or something like that. But if you see it daylight, they're not fast. You just gotta squash them. <laughs> See, yeah, they, you know, they, they, there you go, kids. It's all a matter of where you living in the world to determine. Exactly. How, exactly. Determine how you feel and how you react to stuff. See, like that would just creep me. I was like, it's a scorpion. <laughs> yeah, not, it doesn't faze me. <laughs> See, yeah, all right, yeah. So we in reverse right there. Right? Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the movie The Alienator? No, I have not. The Alienator? Yes. I, I, I pulled out one that is it is a low-budget B-movie uh, adventure deal. The, the reason why is because the lead was a female bodybuilder by the name of Tegan Cleave. And I think I pronounced her name correctly. Really? Yes. No, I have not heard of it. Huh. It, it was... I think they were they were trying to uh, capitalize off of the Terminator being a thing at the time. <laughs> so, oh, I, that makes sense. <laughs> you, you know, so you know, take take that into account. You know, so they okay. they, they have her as kind of a, a Terminator type persona. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, now I'll have to check it out. Yes, we're gonna have to uh, get you in a, into a remake of that. 
Yeah, deal. I'm down. Count me in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love your optimism. And speaking of movies, yeah, that's right. What's a movie <laughs> role you would have killed for? Wonder Woman. I thought that movie was badass, and um, I think she played the role beautifully. But I, I, I think I would like that. Or uh, maybe Angelina Jolie, the Laura Croft series. Ah. I don't know. I, I would want to try some of these tricks and skills they do and, like, ninja status in a way with some of the crazy stuff they pull off. But maybe something like that. That kind of seems more daredevilish and, and fun and action-packed. So I would say those two. Cool. I've seen you with a picture of the uh, Run DMC outfit on. Give me the name of two <laughs> Run DMC raps. Any two will do. Oh, gosh. Um, yeesh, now you're putting me on the yeah, spot. I, I know. I it's a... every, <laughs> everything. With the, when it comes to, like, old school, old school music, oh, man, I love everything. Everything. Oh, gosh. Okay, so let me think here. Run DMC song. I love it's tricky. Hey. And then, ooh, I would have to say my second one probably walk this way. Works Those are two probably that are my favorite, but I God, I have a lot of them. <laughs> Not, now, side question. Do you have a, a, a routine that is performed with either one of those? Yes, actually. Uh, what year was it? Uh, 2015 or 16. On my YouTube channel, it's there. It's uh, I'm wearing a black and white outfit, but I did do some Run DMC stuff. Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, this... yeah. I would. I usually do remixes, and I mash up my music, edit it, or I have a um, a DJ help me. And so you'll see clips of stuff. But back in the day, uh, several years ago, I've done. I've included it. You know, even little sound bites here and there with Run DMC stuff. Okay. Uh, this question may test your loyalties. So, okay. <laughs> the better built body today, as we are talking right now in 2021, Sylvester Stallone mm. or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Ooh. <laughs> I would say I recently saw Arnold. So I mm. haven't seen Stallone in probably a year and a half. Mm. So I would say I'm going to go with Arnold. He's usually keeping things pretty tight, trying to keep his physique decent. Um, I know Stallone had some health issues, and so his his physique went a little the opposite direction. But I don't know. Maybe he's gotten himself back. But I'm going to go with Arnold. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that man not look. I mean, he's freaking shredded. <laughs> I mean... He's like sixty-something, right? and he just outstandingly huge and just all over. The, if you look at any movie like like The Expendables or uh, what's the other one? He did Bullet to the Head, The Expendables, Grudge Match. Mm -hmm. If you look at any of those movies where he where he's in at this age, around his sixties, and just yes. see him today, I like he's in ridiculous shape. Well, Arnold is 74, and I think Stallone is 75. What? Well, he might be yeah. now. Yeah, I was like, that, that's possible yeah. now because these movies were a while ago. So. 
Yeah, but it's it's crazy because they sure as hell don't look like it. Well, you know, let, let me see. Yep, he, there he is, Stallone is 75 years old. And yeah. he does not look it at all. No. <laughs> so lucky for them. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you'll uh join that elite group. You know, when when the time is right. We we won't worry about that today. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah, exactly. I'm just, just age gracefully. That's right, one step at a time. And final random question, name me an occupation that you hope never to have to do and why? Um I would never want to have to give pedicures. I can't stand touching people's feet. And I think that is the most awful job. Now, obviously, plenty of people do it. I get pedicures all the time. But you don't decide who sits down in the chair. And they could have disgusting feet. They could have six toes. And you have to, like, give a pedicure and not make a face. They could have gnarly nails that have not been cut for years, like, I would have a hard time doing that job. So that would That's be right. my least favorite career, and I'm going to try to avoid ever having to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got one that they like, you know. Yep. I, th- this is the one thing that I just cannot do. Doesn't mean that the career is bad. Just ain't for me. Right. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. So, yes, I, I understand, and I don't think you'll have to uh, jump into that it, it, if you choose not to, so I think you'll be yeah. safe. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> and uh, for this portion, ladies and gentlemen, generally speaking, it goes over to the Facebook page. So if you want to hear uh, Mrs. Jones' response, please be sure to go over to Women's Pro Wrestling Network Facebook, all one word, Women's Pro Wrestling Network, and you will be able to hear her response to the tales of the creep. So if you're interested in listening to whatever story of some pervy dude out there may have approached her, <laughs> please uh, feel free to, to jump on that. If you are listening to this on YouTube and only YouTube is going to skip, so just just be aware. Finally, as we bring this to a close, and I want to thank you in advance for the time that you've given me to talk about this and explain what it is that you do and how you do it, the road that is taken for you to get to where you are, and so on and so forth. Uh, it, it has been a, a, a real joy. And uh, one of these days I hope to, to get you on camera because, you know, t- primarily we do this video. But, uh, of course, the podcast, which runs uh, on, on our website, WPN Wrestling, free plug for me, and has the, the nucleus of everything that I do. If there's <laughs> anything that is uh, upcoming that that you would like to share or or, or new aspirations, you, you seem very goal-oriented. You put a goal in front of yourself, and then you jump that hurdle. Is there anything that is up front that you're like, okay, okay breaking news, this is what I'm aiming for now? Well, um, gosh, right now, so... In two weeks, every year, I host my own fitness competition. So it's a local amateur show. It's called the Whitney Jones Classic in Arizona. So that's an annual event. That's coming up for me right now. So we're two weeks out, and obviously there's a lot of work to be done. But, again, if it's not this year, it's going to happen. It usually is in the fall every year. And then, um, you know, obviously I launched the new app, 
several months ago, A&W Fitness. I will be diving headstrong into all of that, really promoting it. There's several different programs we'll be launching. So um, anyone that's interested in kind of following along and getting proper training, technique, some fun, exciting workouts, you know, check out A&W Fitness. And then obviously, um, if you just like fun and shenanigans, you know, now that I have a little bit more time, I'm not in prep right now. My Instagram is full of ridiculousness. And if you like to laugh, then definitely follow because I like to do shenanigans. And now that I have time, there will be some coming up. So you got to have fun. For me right now, I'm really focused on, you know, having fun. I'm a little bit of a jackass with the stuff I do, which makes it exciting and entertaining. So, yeah. Um, those are my, that's my focus for the next several months. And then once, once the new year hits, who knows, who knows? It's always new things coming my way. All right. And again, very positive outlook, new things coming away. And I expect those new things to be fantastic. Yes, always, always. And so, you know, for myself and for Whitney, I want to say again, thank you for popping on to the show. Uh, make sure that you follow her. You can find her on YouTube, Whitney Jones, and you can find her on Instagram, probably more, you know, a little bit more active there. Uh, Whitney Jones underscore, and no, I don't have it in front of me. This was it. I have, yeah, it's underscore IFBB Pro. Okay, there we go. Thank you. I was, see, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I stoked myself there for a second. So you can follow on Instagram <laughs> with that. Of course, yes. you can uh, go to the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, uh, WPNWrestling.com. That is the central focal point for everything that I do, matches, interviews, podcasts, and more. And uh, one of these days... One of these days, I'm going to fork out the money and we're going to get Whitney on here to do a arm wrestling competition with somebody or something like that. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> that, that We're going to add hey, that I'm onto down. the list. And I got the perfect, perfect. Count me in. The perfect <laughs> opponent for her. I'm telling you, it, it'd, be, it'd be great to, to see that happen. And uh, Heck yeah. two other things. One, guy stop sending her creepy requests. And two, somebody <laughs> write this woman a script. Yes, she's, I like it. She's the new alienator for me. So that said, this is Perfect. Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you all on the next go-round. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.